The conversation I had with today's guest on the Beyond Leadership podcast is a freaking trip, you guys. Kelly is the host of her own top 50 podcast, The Kelly Show, and co-founder and CEO of Soulfire Productions. And what she does through Soulfire and her podcast and all of the content she pushes on social media is she guides you to this juicy intersection of spiritual and sexual liberation, really challenging you to break free from a lineage of toxic lies and rules. And today, we talked all about how that breaking free and those toxic lies and those toxic rules apply to leadership as a modern woman. And what came out of it is one of the most authentic conversations I have ever had on this show or anywhere else. You're listening to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Mae Chipchinski. It is my purpose in life to use the lessons I've learned from more than a decade of leadership experience in everything from business to politics to nonprofit and the military to help you become the leader you've always dreamed of having. Whether you lead a network marketing team, a Bible study, a global brand, or a family of four, every week I'm going to walk you through tangible ways to grow your influence and make your vision a reality. So if you're ready to drop the burnout and bullshit strategy you've been fed and design your own aligned leadership style, you're in the right place. Let's go. Kelly, thank you so much for joining the show today. I'm really excited to have you here to talk about feminine versus masculine, how we can really dive into our feminine sides to be the best versions of ourselves. Thank you. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. Yeah. So, you know, I went through your professional bio and all the things that we're supposed to read about you, but tell me more about your journey in discovering this this feminine flow and feminine energy that you now work from? Yeah, you know, it's been a lifelong um, kind of state of being in the doing and in the forcing and in trying to be someone that everyone else wanted me to be and making shit happen. And I think, I mean, I know because I had chronic illness for 15 years, my body finally was like, hi, we can't do this anymore. This is not working. This doesn't feel good. This is not genuine to who you are. And if you keep this up, you're probably going to die. And that's how I felt. I felt like I can't live like this. I can't sustain it because I don't know if you've experienced this or maybe some of your listeners, when you're in a state of doing and achieving and proving yourself it's like you're living a double life. There's one half of you that is who you are and maybe that version of you is suffering and is exhausted and is tired or has chronic illness or some physical thing going on. But then there's this other version of you that's grinding like crazy and putting on a happy face and posting the right pictures. And you're like, I got this, I'm going. And I was like, I can't live like this in this duality anymore because it felt fake to me and it felt exhausting. And so I realized when I left my old career, I was a TV host for the Lakers and the Dodgers, and I quit that a few years ago. And when I left that, 
I had all this space to decide how do I want to lead? How do I want to run my own business? How do I want to just show up every day? And Mm -hmm. if I wasn't grinding and doing, what did that mean? And I didn't know. I was just kind of at a loss because I, that's the only way I'd ever functioned in the world. And so I've spent the last three years piecing together what this new version of me looks like. And that version of me doesn't force things and it takes things for what they are. This, you know, the line of, and so it is, that's really how I feel. If we don't get a client in our media company, I don't like have a panic attack and then go after them and like, no, but you should really work with me and I'm the best and we do this. It's like, okay, great. Like, let it go. And I really believe that if we are in a state of releasing and allowing things to flow and welcoming in whatever we're meant to receive, that things will come together the way they're meant to, rather than trying to force and staying up all night grinding. What if we worked intentionally? What if we filled our own cup before we started giving to other people? What if we really believed at our core, not just because it's a great meme on Instagram, but what if we believed at our core that we are worthy and we are valuable and we do have a lot to offer the world in so many different ways? I believe those shifts are what make a difference and allow you to come from a place of feminine, masculine doesn't really matter. It's coming from a place of knowing and connection with yourself whatever that looks like. If we can get back to being connected with ourselves and that knowing and that trust within us that I don't have to convince you to do anything with me, that I know what I have to offer and then I know it's an amazing thing and then it will land with the right people, then I really believe that we're in that connection with self and we can create whatever it is we want to create in the world. Yeah, I love that. So I work with a lot of women that don't think of themselves as leaders, even though it's clear as freaking day that they are to me, but they don't think of themselves as leaders because a lot of times this word leadership and the words, you know, strong, powerful words associated with leaders evoke this mental image of old white man in a suit, like stuffy, like John Maxwell, God love him, but that's the image of leadership that we think. And that's Bullshit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To be perfectly honest, it's total bullshit. So how can we, as women, kind of flip the script, whether it's playing into our feminine or conversely using our masculine qualities? Because we have both. It's not a matter of, right, what parts we were born with. It's a matter of who we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is such a beautiful question. You know, you're catching me at a really interesting time in my life because, uh, I am questioning everything. And a big part of that is questioning the words and the definition and value we give to these words because I'm in a very spiritual space. And in the spiritual space, I'm what I'm watching and what I'm witnessing is words like embodiment and alignment and, you know, goddess and, you know, throw out whatever word you want. And I think we've lost the integrity of what these words are mean. And so we use them because they sound good and they're buzzwords and they'll get us clicks. But one, do we, do we know what they mean? Do we have our own definition of it? And are we actually living them? And so when you bring up leader and leadership, I kind of have the same bone to pick with it because we've gotten so disconnected from what a leader is. And I think especially now, and maybe you agree or disagree, but for me, it seems like leaders are people we're giving our power to and they are these gurus and they're um, 
keeping us disconnected from self. And what I would offer to everyone listening and to myself as a reminder is that a leader is someone who brings you back to you. A leader is a is someone who reminds you of your own power and your own worth and your own value. And a leader doesn't have to be someone who has a million followers and is selling out every course and has all these people, you know, sharing all their stuff and thinking they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. A leader can make a huge difference just in a simple conversation, just in the way they help you reflect on yourself and mirror back to you who you really are, ask you the hard questions so that you can know yourself more fully so that you can show up more as who you are. I think leaders are people who speak up for those who don't have voices, for people who are willing to take a step outside the box and really lay the groundwork so that we can all continue to trailblaze in our own lives. I believe that's what a leader is. And I think that whether you are a mom or a partner or running a business or everything and anything, you get to be a leader in every one of your interactions and the way you speak to your partner, the way you talk to your children, what example are you setting and how are you actually living out what you're talking about and what you're preaching? That's beautiful. Um, I, and I completely agree because, right, especially as women, we wear so many hats. You know, I'm a mom and I'm a wife and I'm a this and I'm a that and I've got you know, sisters and friends and work and all of the things. And so often we don't realize that what we're doing, especially at home and within our communities, really is leadership at its core because it's not power suit off to work for a nine to five. That's not necessarily the way we think of it. But I personally believe I am a much more effective leader in my home raising my son than I ever am when I leave the house. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure, I've got this leadership position. I work in in this powerful organization within the military, but when I'm at home, God, do I have impact on that. Mm-hmm. Like, I am the end-all, be-all for him. So I love how, one, your definition is just beautiful, and two, how it works to flip the script and you're inserting traditionally feminine, I'm using air quotes here, traditionally feminine words in a definition that's usually reserved or has been traditionally reserved for men and something masculine. Well, and don't you think too, like the idea of what strong is, like what even does strong mean? (laughs) And that can be different for everyone. My definition of strong can be different than your definition of strong. Growing Mm -hmm. up, I was, you know, one of the top volleyball players in the country. I was incredibly physically strong. I was someone who didn't show weakness. I would play through anything. And that's what I thought strong was. And I actually really believe that strength is in vulnerability. Strength is in my softness. Strength is asking for fucking help. Strength is saying, Mm -hmm. I am struggling and I don't know what the answer is right now, but I feel really chaotic and out of control and I need someone to help give me guidance. That is when I feel really strong. I never asked for help. I never would admit if I didn't know something because I thought that made me weak. And now I realize that's actually our greatest gift. And so how can we not worry about your listeners, not worry about what my definition of strong is, but really ask themselves, what is my definition of strong and how does it serve me best? And how can I let go of all of these pre-written, pre-recorded scripts of what we're handed as children and in the workplace and all these things and let that noise go and say, I get to start over. And in my reality and in my world, 
this is what that means. And this is how I show up in that every single day. And I, I would say that our generation, you know, our, our 30 somethings generation is worth actively working to change that yes. because we've been handed these definitions, right. From our, our parents who are old Gen X or baby boomers and we're realizing like, no, I'm never going to bench press 500 pounds. I cry when I get my feelings hurt. But you know what? I'm strong as fuck because I pushed a kid out. Yes, exactly. I endured a long road of heartache and pain to get to that point where I was able to do that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, our generation, I would say, is working to flip that script and change those definitions. And that impact that we're having now is only going to serve to impact future generations positively. Yeah. And I think you make such an amazing point there. It's um, it's this idea of handed down patterns or ancestral trauma or however you want to phrase it. And we get wrapped up in it and we often are so unconscious about doing it or repeating it because it's so ingrained in us, in our DNA, just in the way we operate every day. And so can you zoom out? And look at this almost from a bird's eye view perspective and just watch yourself, watch the way you respond, watch the way you interact and communicate. And can you see how those traits are very similar to those of your parents or your grandparents? And Mm -hmm. also see how you don't need to do that anymore because you're not surviving maybe in a way that your mom did. Like for me, my mom was really abused as a child by her dad. And so she was always the strong one, right? I'm using air quotes Mm -hmm. because she had, she was very masculine, very aggressive, very angry, very intense. And it was all this protective coping mechanism that she had because she never really dealt with what happened when she was a kid. And so I took that on and it showed up a little differently for me, but very similar ways of being. And it wasn't until the last couple of years that I've really looked at that and said, well, I wasn't abused as a child and I haven't been abused physically as an adult. So why is that need to be my reaction? And so I'm able to zoom out and look at that and say, oh, okay, well, I'm not in survival mode in the way she was. I don't have to keep repeating that. So what is the way I want to respond in these situations or how do I feel safe and protected versus what her version of safe and protected felt like? Mm -hmm. How do you personally go back and and look at those situations where you're acting a certain way now and you may not have looked at those situations or acted that way in in the past. How do you go back and I guess what's your evaluation process to move forward? It's so good. I this is probably going to upset people. I'm I'm feeling this thing over the last couple of weeks that we use trauma to get attention. And we use old patterns to get attention. And I know this because I've done it. And So I would go back and say, oh, well, this thing happened and I'd just blow it out of proportion and be really dramatic about it because I felt like that gave me validation and attention. But what it also does is it wraps your identity into it. So now you become that person. Now you see yourself as that person. Well, I acted this way or this happened to me. And then it's really hard to detach from that and to be able to move through it. And I'm not saying that you know, don't pay attention to your trauma or things that have happened to you. But what I'm, what I'm asking is, can you look at things and show yourself grace? If you did something that you're not proud of five years ago, because you only had a certain amount of context and experience. And so that's how you respond. Can you go back and show yourself grace and not attach to, I'm a terrible person. I did this thing. Well, you only knew what you knew. 
And now you know better, so you'll do better. So how can we show ourselves grace and how can we also look at things and not attach ourselves and make our entire identity as this is this is who I am, whether I'm the victim or I'm the, the perpetrator, I'm the person doing this to someone else and projecting my own stuff onto someone. I try and look at it without too much emotional charge because I realize that I'm constantly evolving and growing. And if I look at all of these scenarios and I get super attached to them, I probably would never get through them and then I would never be able to move on. And so I'm just like, oh yeah, I did that thing. Well, I did that thing because I needed to feel safe at the time. And that's what made me feel safe. But now I actually have created an amazing sense of safety in my body and my environment. And that's just not something that I'm engaged in. So I realize that I don't have to have that same reaction or I don't have to feel that way anymore. And so I think it's just giving myself credit for all the work that I've done to get to this point and also showing myself grace for any of those scenarios. Okay. I know it's hard to believe, but 2022 is almost here. I know everything has been blending together for the last 18 months. And the only reason I really know it's almost the end of the year is because the weather in Wisconsin is getting colder. But the fact remains, 2021 is almost over. So let's do a quick check-in. What were your goals at the beginning of the year? And where do you stand on getting those goals accomplished? If you're feeling like you're behind the game, you're not alone, trust me. And while I can't offer you some magic potion to make all of your wildest dreams come true, I can give you a leg up moving into 2022. See, what I found is that so many of us who are wearing multiple hats, you know, mom, business owner, wife, accountant, Michelin star McNugget chef, We aren't where we want to be because we don't know how to unlock our strengths and turn them into superpowers. So what I've done is I've opened up limited spots on my calendar this winter for some fluff-free personal development. The no shit steps to take to better understand yourself, your strengths, what you want out of your business, and how the hell to get yourself there. Are you interested in making actual purposeful changes in your life instead of just being inspired to maybe possibly someday change? If that's you, reach out today to see if one of these limited intensives, usually exclusively for my one-on-one clients, could be a good fit for you. Awesome. So I want to flip gears real quick here. I know you work with and speak to a lot of women in business, entrepreneurs, uh, women in the media, right? And these are things, uh, positions that are still in many cases run by the patriarchy, right? By, By those old white men in suits. So when we are, as women working in these arenas, or when we're going into business for ourselves, which again is something that up until 20 years ago, really only mended, even up till 10 years ago, really only mended. How do you work with that juxtaposition of having to placate to those people who are in leadership, but also going forward on your own, recognizing these, these patterns and moving forward? Mm-hmm. I don't think I have a good answer to this. Because for me, I gave in and I just kind of followed along 
for so long. I had all male bosses. I was one of very few women in television and I just basically dealt with all guys and I just did what they said. I took on everything they told me, every criticism, every, you need to dress sexier. You're not sexy enough. Like I just did what they said and I just followed along and that forced me to shut down. And when I was successful for it, I was what? You were successful doing that. Correct. Which I don't think was healthy at all. Right. Why I left. Right. So what I'm saying is I don't have an answer for how to be in that world and play the game and also have the balance of feeling good. Is that what your question is around? Or maybe I'm misunderstanding you. Yeah, no, that, that was the question. Cause as we move forward, right, there's going to be more of us in these positions as things phase out, but there are still so many example, me, I'm in the military, which is obviously now integrated, but I have once, maybe twice worked for a woman. And when I'm working for a woman, there's always been a man in front of her. So I have really had to work through this back and forth. And it's been a real struggle to figure out, okay, how do I do the things that I know I need to do, but still do it in a way that's natural and authentic to me? Because I, just like you, I hit all the numbers. I got all the positions. I did exactly what I was supposed to move forward, forward, forward. And I was very successful. I continue to be successful in that world. But I got to a point where I felt like shit about it because I was not being who I knew I was supposed to. And it wasn't until somebody called me on it and they were like, you know, you're going to this next position. And I was expecting him to tell me, you're going to do a great job. And what he said was, I'm worried you're going to fail because you don't know who the fuck you are. Mm. Like, okay, what the hell am I supposed to do with that? How can I do what you tell me and be successful when the only example I have is you, but what you're doing is not ever in a million years what I would do if I had my own choices. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so many women, whether it's in the media or in business or there's so few women in the military still, but so many women that face that. So how do we be our authentic selves but still be successful by someone else's definition? This is a really hard question because to me, I removed myself from the situation. I felt like I was beating my head against a wall and I felt like there was no winning for me because even if I continue to climb, even if I'm in a higher position, if I'm on SportsCenter ESPN and I'm in Bristol, Connecticut, if I keep going up, if I'm in a producer role, I still felt like I was in the same toxic environment and there was no winning for me because I would never be myself. I would always be in a need to please someone or do it the way someone else wanted. It would never be on my terms. So I'm the kind of person that would say to many people who come to me with this question, don't be in that job anymore. Like go create something else or go be in a place where you feel more supported, where you can actually be yourself. And I understand that not everyone has that capability that's how I have operated. And so that's the only perspective I can come from. Because I think that if you're in a constant state of 
having to do things the way someone else wants and having to conform to what other people want or need from you. Like at what point are you going to say enough is enough? I can't do this anymore. And Mm -hmm. I do believe that there are amazing women in probably every industry who have completely, you know, changed the game and they're the first to ever do this or that. I still believe that we're in a situation where, and this is for men too. This isn't even women. How many men are working in jobs as well where they are being forced to follow the protocol, where they don't even Mm -hmm. be authentic? I don't think this is even a male-female conversation. Obviously, there are a lot less women in the workforces that you and I come from, and probably most, but I think this is a, a general conversation of what are you willing to put up with and how long can we sit here and betray ourselves to please someone or to get that paycheck or to do this thing we thought we were supposed to do when we're actually miserable. To me, I'm like, how can you create a new reality for yourself? Because how long do we sit in this? How long do we fight and and play this game? I'm just, I wasn't willing to do it anymore. I did it for over 10 years. And I finally was like, I'm physically ill and I can't live in this anymore. I just, I'm leaving. Like I'm completely leaving. Which I think was an incredibly bold and brave move. Thanks. Right. But not because not everyone can do that. Not everyone has the self-awareness to recognize that that's where that's coming from. You know, so many, I think, just carry on and just keep doing the next right thing, whatever, whoever dictates whatever that next right thing is. I would like to believe that if enough of us stick around, eventually the people who are in power right now are going to phase out and then we'll hold the power and we'll have the ability to change it. But you're right. How long do we have to wait? And what is that journey doing to us? Because if we're brought up under these circumstances, I mean, there would be reason to believe that we're going to become those circumstances. Mm -hmm. I mean, I came out about sexual assault And I can probably guarantee you nothing changed in that organization or with that person. And how many times do myself or any of these other female reporters and hosts I know, how many times do we need to be to stick in it and be raped and assaulted and treated like shit so that in 50 years, hopefully this is better? How much do we need to endure? I don't believe in being a martyr anymore. And... I did come out because I did want to make a difference and I hope that it helped somebody. I don't know if it did, but it's like I couldn't keep subjecting myself to living in a state where I'm constantly being ridiculed for how I look and, oh, just brush it under the rug. It's okay that so-and-so won't talk to you because you won't fuck him. Like I just, that is the dynamic. And as much as I wanted to change it and I mean, God, you don't even know the things I did to change it. It was still my reality. And I chose to not have that be my reality anymore. And I know a lot of women still in television and that is their reality. And they choose it because they make a lot of money and they are famous and, and that's what it is. And they're willing to make that sacrifice. But I also know that they're miserable and many of them are turning into alcoholics and are not spending time with their kids and are in a really bad place. And I would tell every single one of them to get the fuck out. I don't care how much money you're making. It's never worth it. So I see your point. It's like, well, how do we make change? But at the same point, what is it that we're going to keep enduring in order to make that change? I would never tell a woman to subject herself to those things 
when you could get out and have a better life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For those people, men, women, whoever, who do decide to leave and create something better, you having done it, what advice would you have for them? Like, it's one thing to leave, but then, right, you've got to have something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've got to put food on the table for your family. you got to keep a roof over your head. How? What do you do? I think the best thing to do is while you're in whatever position you're in, start asking yourself hard questions. Like, what is it that you really really want to create in the world? What is it that lights you on fire? What is it about, you know, being of service or leading a team or whatever that is for you that really gets you excited? And when you can create a vision for yourself and how you want to show up every day, how much time you want to spend working, how you want to be be of service in the world, how you want to be fully expressed, then you can start to put together what it is that you actually want to be doing. For me, I was an interviewer and a TV host for over 10 years. I'm really good at interviewing people. I'm really good at making people feel comfortable and tell me their like most vulnerable things. So it was a natural progression for me to say, okay, well, if I have a podcast and I take all these talents that I have and the, some of the connections I have, but I take it to work with women and I talk about chronic illness and alternative medicine and then into spirituality and sexuality, then I am of service to people I really care about. Then I'm having conversations that are resources for people to heal and be the best version of themselves. And I'm fulfilled. And I'm also checking that box of, I love interviewing people and talking to people. So I just, I took months and months and months of putting this idea together. And then when we launched it, it just naturally progressed into what it is. And then that streamlined into creating a media company. I know how to produce. I know how to write. I know the back end of so much of this and creating a production company that works with other podcasters that supports female voices specifically with an almost all female team that I lead that checked every single box for me. And that all came from my time in television, all the things that I saw, everything I experienced. And then I was able to take that and put it into something that really fulfilled me on every level. I love that. And I love how you just kind of threw everyone else's definitions of success out the window. I recently just finished listening to your episode of of your show about defining success. And I love how you just kind of put it out there to say, fuck it. Success is whatever you make it. Mm-hmm. And you took these talents that you had and created what started as one dream and is now escalated into this huge enterprise with a wonderful mission and an incredible team. So kudos to you for doing the damn thing, I guess. Thank you. I mean, not everybody can do that. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, it's like getting comfortable with the uncomfortable and the unknown, getting to a place where you invite in, okay, whatever's meant to happen happens here. I have taken these steps. This is what I feel called to. This is what feels right for me at this time and let the chips fall where they may, because I don't believe that we can control everything. We can't control how other people respond. We can't control whether clients want to work with us or not. We We create something that is so connected to our hearts and our souls, something that we believe deeply in, and we're willing to take that leap of faith and trust ourselves. And then I think you can really create whatever it is you believe you are meant to be here to do. So 
what's next for Soulfire? Great question. So um, we have about 35 shows right now and we're taking eight more on the year um, and we do production for all of these podcasts. Um, and we've really branched into doing more strategy and consulting. Um, for us, when we started, my fiance and I co-founded this together. We really wanted to support small to medium-sized podcasts because we felt like, especially with so many celebrities getting shows and the Joe Rogans of the world, um, that a lot of people's voices weren't being heard and they weren't being found. And so we wanted to create a really transparent community-based um, company where we could support people on a monthly basis or in a you know one-time strategy call or launch your show in six weeks um, so that more people could get their voices into the world. Um, and so I think just growing the company from a branding and strategy perspective and helping people get really clear on their who their community is, what they're talking about, how they're reaching people, how to grow their show. We want this community to expand. Um, and while we do that, also breaking into creating documentaries and doing a lot more video content um, and just doing things differently. It's not just about podcasts. It's about storytelling and connection and providing resources for people so that they know that they're not alone. Perfect. I am excited to see what comes out because I have been following you and I know I follow some of the other podcasters that you work with. Um, and it's just really a beautiful company with a beautiful mission. I love that it's mostly women. I love that you're elevating these lesser heard voices. And thank you for doing everything that you do, Kelly. I can't wait to see what comes next. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I sincerely hope that you got something out of today that you are going to be able to take and use on your journey to wherever it is you're going. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and share your takeaways on social media. Don't forget to tag me at Sarah May Ski on Instagram. While you're waiting for the next episode, please check out our exclusive Beyond Leadership community over on Facebook to connect with more like-minded and like-hearted individuals dedicated to learning, leading, and encouraging right alongside you every day. Until next time, let's go.